Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Drum Network podcast. I'm senior reporter for the Drum, Chris Sutcliffe. As I say in the intro to this week's episode, the question isn't why are we talking about the environment in the context of marketing. It's why haven't we spoken about it on a podcast sooner? It permeates absolutely everything from discussions about our members becoming B Corps in their own right to how they actually treat and market on behalf of brands whose credibility around environmental issues is often suspect. So to begin with, I asked our three fantastic guests to introduce themselves and give their take on what is effectively the most wide ranging issue in marketing at the moment. So thank you so much for taking part in this Drum Network podcast. I wondered if, to begin with, you could go around and introduce yourselves to the listeners. Peter, could you begin? Uh, yeah, I'm Peter. I'm one of the co-founders of Revolt, uh, which is a purpose transformation agency specializing in sustainability. Perfect. Absolutely delighted to get your expertise on this podcast then. And Elena? Uh, hi, I am Elena Linsanova. I am a content and policy director at ICF Next, uh, which is a communication agency specializing in public com- communication. And my specialization is uh, sustainability and climate. Nice. Absolutely fantastic. And last but not least, Jose. Hi, I'm Jose. I'm the executive producer at Cult London. Um, we are a creative advertising agency. Um, I am the force behind. Um, their sustainability project at Cult. Um, by all means, I'm not an expert, but I do what I can. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that's uh, that's all any of us can ask from you at the moment. And I suppose normally we begin um, these podcasts by talking about why we're going to be discussing what we're going to be discussing. But in this case, I feel like it's why have we not spoken about this on a drum network podcast sooner? Because it does permeate so many of the discussions that we have. It's almost too big to discuss kind of as a topic in its own right. But to begin with then, Peter, I wondered, as sustainability is becoming this ever greater priority for brands, governments, advertisers, absolutely everybody, is taking that environmental action and and more importantly, proving that you have now kind of an essential for agencies in order to play within the space? Uh, Yeah, I think the short answer is yes, but obviously I'll elaborate a bit further. I think it's, it's very interesting, as you rightly said at the beginning of the podcast, it's about why haven't we been discussing this before? And this isn't sort of accuse people of not doing things and, you know, to be the grim reaper of the future. But sustainability is is definitely as important, if not we're seeing it as digital. So if you actually look at your business and agency and replace the word sustainability with digital, then that kind of asks that kind of answers the question about how integral and important it is to your business. Because if you spoke about 10 years ago about digital, people would be going, God, how do we do it? How do we integrate it into our business? How does it become a main pillar? Oh God, AKQA started. So there's lots of things. So sustainability is in that area. So it is absolutely essential. I think the difference, the big difference, which I think you know you can chat about more later, is is it means a lot to the people who work for you as well. So I think it's it's an even bigger important thing. So it is definitely essential. Um, and it's essential to communicate it as well. Because I think some people are quite scared to communicate, even if they're doing a little, um, because of you know fear of being told you're not doing enough. But unless enough people actually talk about what they're doing, it won't normalize it. Mm. So therefore, less people will do it. So I think you have to take that thought leadership position, however big or small your business is, um, and integrate it now and talk about it and explain the journey and things like that. So I think that's what most people, nobody's perfect, but you've got to start. 
Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And we can pick on so much of what you just mentioned there. We can pick up on that later on in the podcast. But Alana, then to what extent is it absolutely vital to be, well, to have kind of an environmental point of view when you are taking part in what is kind of a, a global media and marketing industry now? Uh, I have to say that I totally agree uh, that uh, uh, environmental action uh, is totally essential, not only for our agencies, uh, it's essential for everybody, literally for all industries, for all businesses, for, for government, public, for individuals. So uh, we are part of a global movement uh, where uh, we are, uh, in effect, under pressure. I am now speaking as a, as a policy expert because, of course, for, from my perspective, uh, there are many, many countries, like 80 countries in the world, who already pledged for uh, net zero carbon targets by 2050 or 2060. And many of these countries, like, for example, uh, all the EU countries and the UK, uh, this pledge for net zero is not just a political pledge. It is already a binding law, which means that it's a reality. We are all, uh, let's say, a force become net zero carbon at some point. So from my perspective, environmental action is just not nice. Have We, we just don't have an option. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Jose, I want to pick up on something that Alana just said there, which is we are not just an industry in isolation. We actually deal with and on behalf of so many other industries when we're trying to get our messages across. So does that feed into how visible we need to be when we're talking about our environmental credentials? Absolutely. I think just adding to what the guys are saying, we're definitely starting to listen more to the Gen Zs and Alpha and I think millennials are starting to take more action. More action. There's, been a, there's been a lot of noise behind climate change and now it's time to take action. So from a production point of view, I'm super, super, super um, interested to make everyone aware of, you know, waste and you know, and electricity, um, anything that goes behind closed doors um, during the pre-production. We'll get into it a little bit later, I'm sure. But um, for me, it's all about awareness and make it question the way we work. Nice. Fantastic. Well, Jose, actually, I do want to stick with you then as we move on to the next question, because you were talking there about kind of, uh, I suppose, in a, in, a, in a way, advocacy and actually kind of setting out your stall and making sure that people are aware of what you stand for. So what then is the role of the marketing and advertising world in the kind of the wider ecosystem of that environmental activity, particularly when we are you know, dealing on behalf of, of clients and brands? I mean, we play a major, major role. Um, I believe um, we, we set you know, the precedent for like what, what needs to be done and we set actions for what needs to be done. So um, again, from a production point of view, just to give you a perspective, you know, um, we're looking at an average shoot, campaign shoot takes approximately 200 tonnes of CO2. Um, that is compared to an average person in London who emits about 10 tonnes of CO2 mm. in one year. So something needs to change and we are all behind, you know, my, my job um, uh, predominantly is to try and drive that along. Um, so creating awareness is number one. Um, and then we'll go down the route like um, basic practices and then essentially offset the, um, again, something that we will touch later, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so then, Alana, you, you mentioned before the kind of the policy aspect of it. So to what role, to what extent are we kind of involved in actually communicating those super important policies to the public, to communities and to kind of the, the wider business ecosystem? 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. The thing is that uh, uh, our industry, uh, uh, marketing and advertising, uh, we are just not a so polluting industry like steel or mm. uh, coal industry. Uh, but of course, we have uh, we generate quite a lot of indirect emissions arising from our activities because, of course, we incite people to travel, we incite people to go for events, we incite people flying, buying, consuming. So we have a quite a lot of responsibility uh, for for a lot of emissions. Uh, on, at the same time, uh, I really like to say we have a, a huge influence in the society and we can play a very big role uh, in uh, boosting the societal and behavioral change. And basically, uh, in a more concrete way, I uh, agree uh, what has been said that, of course, we have a power to amplify sustainability messages mm. because of course we work with uh, governments. Uh, with businesses. Uh, in most cases, these are our clients. But we also work uh, uh, with uh, citizens and individuals. In most cases, this is this is our target audience. Uh, and of course, we, we promote green products, green ideas, green business models, green policy measures. So this is really our role. This awareness role is very important. But I still think that we have more role to play because in addition to the awareness role, uh, we have this power of changing society. And creating, for example, social contagion, we have a power to give visibility to certain type of uh, behaviors, to certain type of, of uh, pro-environmental actions. I think that uh, our industry has a power to uh, uh, somehow boost the social contagion and pro-environmental um, pro behaviors uh, with the objective just to simply create new social norms. Uh, for example, waste recycling is a social mm. norm. Because everybody is already doing it, nobody is even questioning why we are why we should do it, and there, there is still a lot of space for creating a similar social norms uh, and inciting other pro climate behaviors. So this is, I feel, is the role of our industry. And just to uh, uh, just to finish, uh, we also have a role to lead by example. I think because it should not be just about preaching. Our industry also needs to take uh, the bold action just for our own credibility. Absolutely, 100%. And, and Peter, I want to touch upon something that um, Elena just mentioned there, which is, actually, no, I, I just want to talk, but I just want to paraphrase Spider-Man. She was talking about us having the power to kind of to influence decisions there, but do we also have a responsibility? You know, as a marketing industry, we do have kind of a, a complicity almost in the development of kind of other industries and how they behave as well. So is it incumbent upon the marketing and advertising industries now to to communicate kind of that the, there are environmental bona fides? Yeah, I think it's hugely important. I think what you've got to look at, and so I couldn't agree more with Elena again, it's just, if you even look at through the pandemic and stuff, the power of communication, that's what we're all in. We're in the communications industry. And what, if you're good at it, what you're supposed to be able to do is simplify messages and engage people into it. And I think that's the problem. A lot of sustainability messaging in the past has been as a, you know, anno not annoying, but something you have to do. Yeah. And it's like a bit boring. It's procurement. It's very... You just go, actually, how are you going to shift that by making it exciting and making it engaging and simplifying it? So I think it's, you know, sustainability is a team sport and it's not just going to be consumers. It's not just going to be agencies. It's not just going to be brands. You all need to come. We all need to come together to try and get it, you know, going, get it over the line and, you know, build build a better future. I think the, tri I think the tricky thing at the minute is 
the companies have a responsibility more to meet the consumer because mm. the consumer there, you know, there's various statistics around consumers want to buy more renewable products, want to buy more sustainable products, but actually they're quite difficult to find. So Ocado a while ago did a B Corp aisle, which mm. is really, really good. Um, you know, some of our clients have recreated a consumer mark for renewable electricity. I think there's so much that we can do to make the consumer's life easy, but you know, you've got to remember first and foremost, consumers will buy products they like, and uh, if they're sustainable, that's they have to be that to perpetuate them coming back and buying more. I think the argument that people go, people don't buy sustainable products, is a bit wrong. I think companies <laughs> yeah. have to make their products sustainable so the consumers have a choice and an option. So I think the power we have as an intermediary between the brand and the consumer is hugely, hugely powerful, and it is really takes responsibility as well. And it's also it's you know it's tricky. There's no doubt because let's let's be honest. I think. If somebody offers an agency a load of money to do work, it takes you know a moral. A moral is not a moral until it costs you something, and that that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, BA did their pitch recently. I'm sure they're going to still be wanting people flying everywhere. Mm. So it, it, you know, it's it's definitely a difficult position to be in, but I think you just have to make you know incrementally better because what we aren't is NGOs. What we aren't are activists telling people off we just have to do better than we did the day before and i think that's the kind of transparency and journey that we need to go on and engage consumers in it and simplify it you know we did some research recently um for the uk nobody knows what a carbon footprint means like, yeah I can, I can believe we, that yeah absolutely <laughs> we, all sit, we all sit in london in sort of soho sort of white middle class going yeah, yeah, everyone knows what carbon footprint is. Nobody does. So there's a huge education job, a huge simplification job that we have to do. But that's quite exciting because I think mm. you can make it fun, you can make it engaging. Um, and that's exactly as Elena was saying, that's how you make a behavioral change. That's how you make a shift. But you've got to make it easier. And I think we've got to instill, sorry to go on, I think you've got to instill that gritty optimism. Like you've got to believe it's going to be better, but you can't ignore the problem that exists today. You've very neatly led the conversation on to what I suppose is going to be kind of the meat and potatoes of today's um, of today's discussion, if they are sustainable meat and potatoes, which is what is the industry doing and is it enough? We've had everything from, you know, the role of communicator to actually making those messages palatable and understandable and even to kind of the production side of it. So, Jose, what have you seen our industry doing in terms of actually demonstrating that we are environmentally conscious, savvy and, I suppose, willing to, to adapt? Yeah, no, of course. Um, I'm really proud to work in an industry that <clears throat> we always um, think in, you know, thinking forward. And we've got companies like AdGreen um, who have just launched their carbon calculator. That's been a um, major, major improvement in the in the area, actually. So um, I've got to thank them because they've made my job so much easier now. Um, so um, again, we're going back to what I said right at the beginning and creating awareness. That's what we need to do. So are we doing enough? Probably not, mm. but are we going in the right direction? Yes. Um, like um, Peter said, it's very collaborative. Like we are in a, in a period of educational period, I believe. Um, and it would take us some time to actually find the right action. But from a production point of view, those have definitely been defined. Um, and we are looking at mainly four areas within production that affect the carbon footprint 
um, predominantly within transport, space, materials and disposal. See, I think that's really interesting. We, we did a, a travel issue not too long ago for um, the drum. And a lot of the focus in that was about how the industry itself is adapting its practices to be more sustainable in and of itself in terms of how we actually do shoots, how we you know, actually go about making sure that we're using local talent in a way that is environmentally friendly. So, Elena, from your point of view, then, what have you seen the industry doing to try to, I suppose, change itself to, to fit this the, the new world where we do actually have to be more environmentally conscious for not just our own industry's sake, but for the sake of the, the people who we work on behalf of? Yeah, uh, this is what I just said. I think that uh, our industry needs to lead by example. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying that everything is perfect, but I see a lot of uh, things happening. Uh, I see, of course, uh, a lot of uh, uh, actions aiming to reduce the carbon footprint uh, to, uh, to the offsetting. Uh, our company, for example, uh, is carbon neutral in terms mm. of uh, offsetting since already 2006. So this is uh, some uh, already some kind of a long-term uh, uh, action. But of course, uh, it's going more and more difficult because uh, we are having these very ambitious uh, net zero uh, carbon uh, goals. So we are we must do more and more. Really, uh, uh, I think that. Uh, uh, Seriously speaking, uh, every big company in any sector, including our sector, uh, must have uh, a clear decarbonization objective. So uh, many companies are having it already. Uh, we must, of course, uh, reduce emissions from our overall uh, company activities. We must act uh, uh, on consumption of, uh, of energy and electricity. We must act a lot, for example, on employees' travel and commuting. This is what our company is doing. Uh, and of course, uh, as I said, uh, this is all uh, in a way uh, very beneficial because uh, uh, it creates positive brand image, mm. it creates innovation, it really forces us ourselves to rethink our products and services to come up with a new solution. So it really has a very positive uh, effect inside of the company. And uh, I can also uh, uh, speak for my company. Uh, increasing the, the sustainability efforts also gives us a kind of a purpose, which means that uh, we are aware of our societal responsibility. Uh, we uh, know that uh, uh, we must act uh, to uh, globally reach the net zero carbon goals. So create some kind of a uh, unifying effect uh, inside of the company. And as I said, I'm absolutely not saying that everything is fine. Uh, uh, it's a lot, it's a journey. Uh, we have, uh, uh, we have, of course, not a lot of time. Uh, and of course, this long-term goal uh, of eliminating all uh, carbon emissions by 2050. But of course, uh, I see already a lot of innovation. I see already a lot of efforts so uh, I am confident that uh, yeah that we must we must get there. We just don't have a choice, as I said. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that does actually help with it that we that we have no choice. Um, but something you touched upon there was kind of those concrete objectives. So Peter, are having those concrete objectives? I saw you nodding along when she was saying that. Yeah. Kind of really helping us to set a roadmap to kind of making our industry better in terms of actually facilitating these changes. Yeah, I mean I couldn't agree more. I think it's again what Jose was saying as well. It's about action we have to take action ourselves so we're a b corp and then within b corp there's quite a lot around we're climate po uh, carbon positive 
Um, but we're, we're not huge and we don't have a huge footprint globally. So it's, it's not that difficult, being honest. <laughs> but we've paid that. We've made sure we're offset. We've made sure people's travels offset. We always make sure that's really important to us. So that's a clear action. And I think as an agency, it's been really, really helpful because you don't really know what action to take. So mm. an organization like B Corp, and where do you go to find out what actions you need to do? Like it's very easy me saying I'm B carbon positive on this. But then if I'm sat with the people listening going, well, how the hell do I do that? Where do I go? What do I do? It's not very easy. So I think there's that. There's I've done that's a that's a problem for everybody. You know, you switch the bulb and then it then it folds. <laughs> um, so, so I think there's like you know, it's not easy at the minute. And I think there's that infrastructure, which is the government responsibility, bigger corporations, power companies to help us do that. I mean, I think my the only you know, and I'm optimistic because you know you have to be, but I I I would say. The thing that I'm less impressed by within our industry is everybody signing a pledge letter every two weeks. <laughs> you, you preempted one of my next questions. That, yeah. And doing absolutely nothing off the yeah. of it. It's like signing a petition for the house. It just does nothing. It just makes you feel a little bit better, makes your staff feel a little bit better. Mm. What are you actually doing? And I think it's, I don't think people don't want to do stuff. I think they just don't know how. So I think it's how can you help facilitate? Where can people go? What kind of thing? And I'm just saying B Corp because we've done it. I mean, I'm not mm. saying it's the necessarily the right answer, but that that's what needs to happen because an action that's you know uh, run sort of do run your own race because there was a really I was one of our senior global clients was on a sustainability panel with me. And then they got asked, why don't you switch all your plastic bottles to glass? You could do that very quickly. That would help the plastic problem. He then rightly said, well, actually, if we do that, the carbon footprint of transporting glass globally is 20 times what it is plastic. So it's far more damaging to the environment to do that. So that obviously shut everyone up quite quickly. But I think he goes, look, we're having a long-term view of this. It's not, we're just not going to react because, you know, people are angry about a certain topic of the time. So I think it's about committing to a goal, finding out how to do it and taking small action along the way. And no action is too small. Well, apart from signing a letter. (laughs) (laughs) If I just may react to what just Peter said, of course, I totally agree. It's about journey. It's not like a a miracle change that will happen tomorrow. Uh, And there's also a risk of greenwashing, which is, of course, uh, very often discussed. Greenwashing just simply means too much uh, communication and green branding, of Mm. course, not in a strategic action at the company level. So this is also something that we need uh, somehow uh, apply to us, of course, but also advise our clients to really have a, a reasonable approach to be rather transparent. And, and rather admit that they are not perfect yet, are working on it, uh, rather than overstating, uh, making empty pledges and uh, uh, running the risk of, uh, of greenwashing. So first of all, um, congratulations on becoming a B Corp. That is a great achievement. Uh, it's definitely something that we have started. And it's, it's something, it's a, it's a massive goal for us in 2022. Um, let's see if the timelines actually align, but it is something that we start looking into it. I think it's very important. I think every company should do because what Elena was saying before, and is what happened to me about four years ago or five years ago when I started sustainability, sustainability in production was that, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to offset it. And, you know, it's going to be carbon neutral mm. production. 
And actually, that is not the case. That is the last case scenario when you like the offset, it's like the very, very much unavoidable um, waste and whatever you can't. So we here at Cold, um, well, I've been working for quite a few years on this, but here at Cold, I'm implementing a three-step um, process that will measure, measure slash create awareness, reduce and offset. So um, like I said, thank you, Ad Green, for launching the carbon um, calculator. Um, there's another company called InFocus, by the way. They're very, very, very good. Um, but um, I would usually, so when a production comes in, my job is um, to measure the carbon footprint of that production from creative concept to post-production. Um, what I love about my job is the production sits right in the middle of the strategy, marketing, mm. Mm. creative. So I can communicate and I can answer questions to everyone, for everyone to wake up, right? So um, then we'd go into reduce, which is like um, our best practices. Again, like this is, um, there is a lot of resource available online, especially on that green, but a main, a main waste would be um, recycling uh, travel, Food and lighting. So whenever, whenever possible, I think the, f- the first thing that anyone in production should do um, after obviously measuring and estimating the carbon footprint is to get a really good recycling company on board that nothing goes into landfill, everything gets recycled properly. Um, obviously, speak to your props and set design and make sure that they use recycled materials as well. And anything that can go back to a props house will go to a props house mm. um that's not always the case obviously but um so recycling company on board um from the get-go um travel obviously try not to go abroad um like to another continent you know try and keep it local if we can um that's not i know it's not the same but um Cornwall is beautiful so <laughs> you know we can, all, we can all go there in summer so it's fine um also food you know that accounts like everyone I know the light assistance and a lot of people in production love the bacon sandwich, but it's something to think about, like, you know, from a catering point of view, what I what I say to everyone mm. as standard, I'm offering vegan catering, locally resourced catering. Um, if you would like a meat option, please let me know. And I think nine times out of ten, no one says anything. So you know, that helps with a carbon footprint. And, you know, then you, you look into um, lighting, energy resources, if it's electric, petrol, etc. But essentially, right at the end of the post-production, you would remesh it again, and then you compare the pre-production and the post-production um, estimation. Um, and then you'd make the client aware of what happened. And I think that is a key, key step in the industry, is telling the, well, not telling to, I, I don't like that much, but it's like sharing with the client their results and why yeah. that production was so high in this area of how we can improve in the next project. Absolutely. That's really good. And it's kind of a, a tangible way to actually measure kind of the progress that an individual agency is making. It's thrown up two things then that I want to, um, I want to address the two our other guests. So Elena, then whose responsibility is it within a company to ensure that you are meet, meeting those targets? Is it one person's, is it, you know, one person with kind of the, the remit to communicate that to everybody? Is it everybody in the company's um, responsibility? Who should be taking the lead on this? Uh, I mean, the, the answer is uh, simple and complex at the same time. Of course, it's everybody's responsibility. Uh, of course, uh, you should have uh, a clear management structure uh, when it comes to uh, uh, implementation of different measures. 
but uh, you need a broad support from everybody. It's everybody's responsibility. So uh, I basically think that uh, in our company, uh, uh, the way how we see things, of course, uh, our company is a little bit in a different situation because we are not just uh, a communication agency. Uh, actually, ICF is a is a global climate consultancy as a company. So we have a consultancy arm, many uh, environmental and climate experts dealing with these issues. So at our level, we know very well what to do because we also advise what to do to, to governments and businesses. Uh, so uh, we are quite advanced in terms of uh, our own uh, uh, science-based uh, targets. Uh, meaning our own CO2 reductions initiatives aligned with Paris Agreement. But this is some, not something that people uh, in the company really uh, know. I mean, what is important that uh, uh, the sustainability goals are translated at a company level to something much more concrete where you can get people on board. Uh, and uh, the way how you can engage people is that uh, we clearly have objective to work on new products and new services, which are green products and green services, because we see that our clients are requesting this. So uh, this is the way how uh, everybody can feel engaged. And it's also similar, for example, that uh, we have... Uh, of course, partly also due to a uh, uh, COVID situation, but we also uh, we are also uh, uh, adopting increasingly the the, the green uh, workplace practices and uh, green collaboration models. Which means that we clearly see that in our company we still privilege, for example, remote production. Uh, people are happy; uh, it's working well. Uh, we also have, for example, increased uh, use of talent uh, from across the world because we also abandoned as a part of our sustainability thinking the idea that uh, your collaborators must be people that you meet at a coffee machine. <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, you know, from uh, from all of the world, we have uh, fully fledged team members uh, based uh, in a permanent way in Berlin or Amsterdam, and our agency is based in London and in Brussels. So we really changed the uh, the collaboration model, the working practices uh, to become more green, more sustainable. People know about these people are actively applying it, and also there is one thing I would like to mention. Uh, yeah, and please. It's, it's about. Uh, it's more conceptual, it's maybe less practical, but it, it's very important uh, to somehow build the sustainable thinking in uh, in all our work, not only if we work on green campaigns or uh, uh, on, on green policies, but we try to create some kind of a, a sustainable culture across the company, mm. which means uh, the green thinking uh, must be present in all our work, whatever the topic is, in all, on all our campaigns, in our creative concepts, in all our tools, everywhere. And then, Peter, I wanted to pick up on something that, in fact, that, that you know, both previous answers have touched upon, which is the idea that there are benefits to this beyond just being kind of more environmental for its own sake, which is that there are commercial imperatives behind it as well. Yeah, it's a hundred. There is a hundred percent that. I mean, it's you know what we're finding uh, as a you know a purpose transformation at business agency is. You're again. I'll just go back to my digital analogy. If you're doing those things yourself and you're a B Corp and you're credible, you're going to be the person that they want to speak to because, again, you know I can remember when I was at you know, an agency, I won't name it, years and years ago, before I worked into, walked into a meeting, somebody said, oh, now you're a digital account director. <laughs> Literally, 
as I walked through the door because they were scared and they didn't have that credibility because another agency was a digital agency. So mm. I think I think that's that's where it's really attractive because people, clients, everybody, including day-to-day consumers, are quite confused, a little bit scared mm. about about it. So what they want to make sure they have, you know, brilliant companies like Elena's and you know those as well. It's like going actually, there's some expertise in this. There's some intent behind it. If I'm going to go with somebody and I need to talk about this stuff, I'm going to go there. So I think it is a big competitive advantage. And you've seen it recently with, you know, agencies like Mullen Low Sustainability started, McCann Sustainability started. So there's clearly there's clearly a want for expertise. So I think becoming an expert in it is of huge, huge benefit to you commercially. And it's also, as you, you know, as you said, it's the right thing to do. Mm. So I think it just doesn't, for me, it's kind of a no brainer. And I think the innovation point's huge. I think, you know, people only really think when there's a, when there are restrictions on them. So I think it does breed to a better way of doing business. It's about bringing sustainability into the heart of everything that you do, as opposed to being an add-on or an afterthought or a, something you think about afterwards. So for example, on the proposal, there's brilliant examples on the production. Oh, basically, well, we've done the production. We just buy some credits. Oh, we didn't really think it through. Oh, shit. So I think it's 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 that actually bringing it into the thought process will drive innovation, and you'll just you'll just do better stuff. Mm, no, absolutely. And then with you know, this is such a huge topic. We could talk about this for hours and hours, but we are coming towards the end of the discussion. And I wondered if we could maybe go around and talk about. We ask our guests where people can reach them if they want to pick your brains about anything you've spoken about on today's episode, or maybe even get some practical steps about how they could you know, uh, get B Corp status in their own right, take some of those steps you mentioned, Jose, or make it kind of a company-wide initiative, as you said, Elena. So Jose, where's the best place for people to reach out to you? Is it the company website? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Twitter? You can definitely go on the website, um, also on LinkedIn. Um, I don't use Twitter, but you can find me on Instagram as well. Um, if not, just my email address is jose at coldldn.com. Um, drop me a line. Always, always up for talking sustainability and helping others. Um, so, yeah. And Elena, what would be the best place for people to get in contact with you? Oh, yes, for me, uh, of course, it's LinkedIn. But I would like to invite people to join me on uh, the ICF Climate Centre website, uh, which is our third leadership platform. Uh, and I'm leading the operations uh, in Europe. So this is where uh, we publish uh, our insights, our articles about climate, uh, uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, and this is the way uh, where you can read me, you can read my articles, and I will be also very happy to respond uh, if you contact me via LinkedIn. Nice, fantastic. And Peter, where would be the best place for people to reach out to you? Uh, yeah, and the best place for me is, is LinkedIn, I think, is the easiest. Um, so are you too complicated? Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much to, to, to all of you for taking part in this discussion. Um, like I said, we barely scratched the surface. I feel like there are some practical tips that people can take away from that. But for now, I do want to say thank you so much for taking part in today's discussion. Hopefully, we'll be able to get back together in a few years and just kind of talk about the progress that we have made. But until then, thank you so much for, for taking part. 